on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Is semi-pro Will Ferrell's turd in the punch bowl amongst his 2000s hits? Do we think Andre 3000 can really dunk? What's the true story of the very first alley-oop in basketball? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck. Joining me, two of the biggest jive turkeys on the internet. There's Brendan White from The Hunger Gamers and Matt Tilby from Gameloft. How are you guys doing? What did you just call me? <laughs> but I'm also doing really well, thank you. I'm also doing very well and I'm... It's, it's good to see both of your faces again. The boys yeah. are back in town. We, it has back. been a while. Yeah. So for listeners that aren't as familiar with the, the 8-bit lore, uh, Hoop Dreams is a now retired podcast that we used to all do together. Uh, but yeah, we, we've done we've done Space Jam on here. You guys know Brendan, obviously, from many episodes of the show and Matt most recently on Talladega Nights, I believe. But mm-hmm. did you guys know this is episode seventy-five of Comedy Rewind? So Ooh, I did not. Bit of a milestone. Is that like a congratulations? Do we cheers? Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm, I'm cheersing my aloe vera drink right now to the camera and to the listeners. <laughs> Fantastic. What is I it? A, what is an aloe? Is that a monster? I have can? an uh, em- star. empty uh, Rockstar energy <laughs> drink. The guava flavor it was quite nice. Ooh. So uh, I'll cheers with that. I'm just so on that's the good. waters. What, what does an aloe vera drink taste like? delicious i love it it's it's an acquired taste mm. but um i'm a big fan i'll have to have to get you some next time you're in town yeah. it's got like a little piece of aloe vera in it and then like a little bit of honey through it like it's obviously this is not good for the the audio based no. listeners you can't really see the aloe sheen in this but it's it's delicious and refreshing i just associate that with sunburn so and like skincare yeah yeah <laughs> good good for you brendan branching out trying new things like yeah hippie love to see it <laughs> All right, we're talking about semi-pro. It's good timing because as of today, we now know that we have a NBA Finals of the Celtics and the Warriors. So, you know, there's going to be a lot to look forward to with that matchup. Um, But uh, semi-pro, basketball movie. (sighs) Not one of Will Ferrell's best, I have to say. Um, We'll talk about some personal experiences and memories of this movie. But my memory and I feel like it's spot on, is that this kind of was like where it started to get a little bit old with Will Ferrell as far as the same kind of, uh, you know, clueless, doofus kind of lead. And, um, you know, it worked with, obviously, Anchorman, it worked with uh, Talladega Nights, and it worked, you know multiple occasions leading up to semi-pro and it, it just starts to kind of fall a little bit in this one that, that's my memory not enjoying it as much as his other stuff but um you know still having a few a few laughs and that was similar experience with my rewatch what about you guys um i can't really remember anything about this like i know the movie and the concept but like i was sitting here taking my notes of this and i'm like there's no touchstone. There's no like great experience. I don't remember going mm. to watch it at the movies. I just assume I got it from Video Two Thousand or Video Easy or you know some some video hire store from back in another era. And um, yeah, I, I got nothing from from back in two thousand and eight. Like what was I then? I was twenty two. 
and yeah, in my prime maybe, but I don't remember this movie. But um, I wish I don't remember it after today as well. It was a rough watch. There was just nothing memorable about this movie at all for me. But uh, yeah, we'll save that for more detail in, in future questions, I think. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, I was what, 15? So I'm definitely the youngest uh, watcher of this one. And, and I, I sort of watched it at a time when our family was big on on the Will Ferrell movies. Obviously, we probably talked about, you know, Zoolander and Talladega Nights being sort of big in, in our family. Um, most of anything Will Ferrell did in sort of the late 90s, early 2000s was, was pretty big. But this was at a time when I had sort of an idea of, you know, I was watching a little bit of basketball, but I definitely wasn't at the, t- at the point where I am now. Mm. Um, so I obviously had no knowledge of what the aba was and obviously i knew what the nba was but even then like i didn't know that the flint tropics were playing like legitimate nba teams like i wasn't aware that the the first team that they played was actually just the new york nets who obviously are now the brooklyn nets so getting that sort of rewatch again for this uh this episode was was sort of a bit of a you know a light bulb moment being like oh okay this is actually something that's that's happened like this is part of basketball history and they're trying to create this sort of like alternate history so it was a little bit different was this movie a gateway for you to uh increase and really dive into your basketball fandom was this the movie that was the catalyst for you fully embracing the phoenix suns (laughs) i don't think it was the catalyst but it was definitely something that i enjoyed quite a bit even without the the knowledge that i have now um having that that sort of knowledge of, of basketball now obviously helps me appreciate some of the the humor behind the basketball parts of the game um and and sort of the basketball parts of the movie but yeah it definitely wasn't uh, the, the sort of catalyst i think that was probably a few years before um uh, but yeah it certainly helped that's for sure yeah it's um it, the historical part of it is one of the more interesting things i think like a lot of this stuff did happen like there was the merger they did bring four teams across from the aba the paces the spurs the nets and i think the the jazz the nuggets, the nuggets there. Mm-hmm. yeah that's right yeah um so uh, yeah and the aba was doing some really cool stuff that the nba wasn't they had the three-point line they had the slam dunk contest so it's um and they had dr j who was like the most exciting player in the, the country um until he came over to the nba so yeah, it's it's cool that um, the ABA is kind of celebrated in that aspect because it's by and large kind of forgotten about in a lot of ways and the history because of, of the merger. It's kind of like WCW, WWF merger. Like they just absorbed it and because they were the the rivals, they just kind of like did away with a lot of the history there. But um, yeah, that, that certainly seems to have happened with the, the ABA where like championships in the aba aren't like recognized mm. and, and stuff like that or mvps and what have you so yeah it's cool to, cool to see that element of it and the the discussions about the merger and that kind of thing so yeah uh let's look at this so 55 million dollar budget movie only made 44 million which is a huge flop like that it's, it sounds like only 11 million dollars but that's pretty massive especially when you factor in like maybe there was extra spent on marketing and whatnot for Will Ferrell to be essentially in his prime and for this movie to not even break even, that's pretty tragic, I think. 
Yeah, and it's weird because like the cast, like the supporting cast and the cameos, like there's a lot of oh, a lot of reputable so names many, in there. So many like maybe not like big names at the time, but certainly people that have become very well known in, in comedy circles. And that might mm-hmm. maybe that was like a part of the the issue that you know David Keckner and Will Arnett and Rob Corddry weren't like big draws. Um, and they probably weren't even part of the marketing. It would have very much been Feral, Andre, Andre 3000 and Woody. And they are like easily the three biggest roles. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's um, it certainly does have a lot of uh, talent coming off the bench, so to speak. Where do you guys think this one's sitting on Rotten Tomatoes? Oof. Not very high. <laughs> if it's going from my gut check, I'm going to say like 30, 31, 30, something like that. And, Maybe that's a potential overshoot. I don't know. Mm. It just it uh it clanged out for me. It's sort of uh the inverse Kawhi shot of twenty nineteen. It was bouncing and it hit the rim a few times, <laughs> but it didn't go in. I'm gonna be probably a little bit more generous. I'm gonna say around like the fifty two, fifty three mark. Ooh. Yeah, that's very generous. Uh twenty two percent. Oh goodness. Stinker. I thought I might have been a bit too aggressive at 30-odd, yeah. but I see it clearly needed to get even more aggressive. So, 22. Yeah. Where, is- does, where does that, like, off, off off the top of your head, is that, like, perhaps mm. one of the worst? Like, obviously, there's probably been some absolute shockers that you've watched throughout. Yeah. At least the 2000s for Comedy Rewind. Where does this rank amongst, like, the worst? Gosh. Uh, it's probably in the top five of the lowest, I'd say. Wow, okay. Yeah. I, I can't think of... And there's been some that didn't review well, but they became cult classics or whatever. Like, like even Anchorman, I think, wasn't necessarily a high. But even score, then, that was. But, I think that was like within like the fifties. Yeah, I think, it, for it sure. was a, it was an acceptable number. Maybe Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny. I was going to say Pick of Destiny or Super Troopers. For <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Brendan has been on some of the some of the and that's what I mean, like ones, but like most of the other sort of like, especially even like the Will Ferrell ones, like. Obviously, Zoolander, um, Talladega Nights, and those sort of ones, like you think of them when you think of the name Will Ferrell and comedy. It's like no one ever really thinks of semi-pro when you go mm. you, you go to like the mm. classic um, Will Ferrell movie. So, yeah, this was definitely just like a, a, a bad run. Well, I wouldn't say bad run. This was definitely a blot on his copybook for, for well, him he for had, sure. He had Blades of Glory before this, which I didn't really enjoy very much either. But then he had Step Brothers in 2008, the same year as yeah. this. So he sort of returned to form after a couple of rough outings in the wilderness. But I think that as well is also him having that, that supporting cast of John C. Riley. I feel like he does his best work alongside um, John C. Riley, But... Mm. Yeah, it's when he sort better of moves away. Well, yeah, better better <laughs> Moving away from you know Adam McKay and John C. Riley, like he just seems to do his worst work, which I think is just weird. But mm. yeah, so I've got an update here. Uh, Super Troopers was thirty six percent, so better than this. Uh, Tenacious D was actually fifty two percent. Wow! <laughs> it was Kung Kung Pao Enter the Fist that was thirteen percent. Oh well, <laughs> and you know what? Dane and I both really still liked that movie. So it, yeah, it's, you it's know. a it's a, like for what they did with that movie. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So you know, I guess this is very much towards that lower lower end. But um, you know, there's there's still some bright spots which we'll get to. Um, I do have a comment here from a critic at MSNBC 
who said in 2008, no more can filmmakers get instant laughs with Pong, Ascots, 8-Tracks, and Lava Lamps. It's just no longer funny, and for 90% of its running time, neither is semi-pro. So, harsh, but... That's it's true. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, a lot of it, like... We saw it in Anchorman, like, the fact that it's set in the 70s, funny suits and whatnot, like, you can't just do that, and they they did rely heavily on the the era for um some of the some of the laughs which doesn't necessarily work they were like little like they weren't like big like tummy laughs they weren't like big audible ones like there was a couple where i was like <laughs> that was about it like i didn't get like a big like yes that was a killer punchline or a killer scene like i was just like all right on to the next skit yeah on to the next will farrell hilarious moment where he offends somebody by says saying something racially insensitive or something like that like mm. what's coming next <laughs> yeah. all right let's move on the number one song when this movie released on the aria charts does anyone want to guess it's uh it's in the hip-hop world this one mm. april 2008 i'm just gonna take a punt because andre 3000 is in this is it Haya by Outcast? No, that was no, two thousand five. Yeah. yeah, no, that's like two thousand three. Was it? Yeah, like okay. This is this was years after they up. sort of like years after Outcast sort of I guess split up. And yeah, it was two thousand three. You're right. Apart apart from maybe like a Splendor appearance, like they haven't really done much since. To be honest, um, I was gonna say like Flow Rider or something. Like he was pretty pretty big during like the late two thousands. Nelly? If it was Flow Rider, which song would it be? Oh, don't ask me that. I don't know. <laughs> All right, it was Flow Rider featuring T Pain with Low. So oh God! Oh yeah. You get half a point for that, man. That's it's really good. Apple uh, bottom jeans. I don't think I really want the half point. <laughs> <laughs> would you like a pair of boots with the fur, maybe? Uh, next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What have you done for me lately? <clears throat> Brendan and I both really enjoyed Will Ferrell in The Shrink Next Door, which was his Apple TV series with. Uh, old mate Paul Rudd well done Will Ferrell for taking on a dramatic role he hasn't done any movies since the Eurovision one on Netflix which was a, oh, a few Rachel McAdams. yeah a few years ago now um, but he's got a few in the pipeline he missed out on the um, winning time series where he wanted to wanted to play Jerry Buss and that went to uh, John C. Riley and We've talked about this on a, a previous, I think, on Talladega Nights. Yeah, that, uh, Adam McKay and and Will Ferrell aren't talking anymore. Yeah, not a really not sad. a not a not a fun uh, way to do things. Apparently, that sort of busted up their friendship, yeah. which sucks. <laughs> which is which is a shame because like John C. Riley is amazing in that role. Like it's oh he's, yeah, he's perfect. I don't know. Have you started watching it? I've now? started watching it. Yeah. He's very good. He's like. I don't, I don't know Jerry Buss like intimately, but it just seems like it's the perfect, like he just has the look more than Will mm. Ferrell would have, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it just works. But, you know, I'm sure John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are still friends. It's just a shame that business can get in the way of a friendship. But, you know, uh, Andre 3000, he was in a series called Dispatches from Elsewhere, which was a Jason Siegel written thing, which I had never heard of until doing this research yeah i haven't heard about it until just now yeah. exactly <laughs> but like, fill us in i'm interested it- like andre 3000 is a talented dude and jason siegel has you know he wrote for getting sarah marshall so 
I'm like this must have it. this must have been Andre 3000's like acting debut at least, or like the first uh, yeah, time I'd sort of heard. Definitely of it. his first big thing. Um, Dispatches from Elsewhere is an American drama created and starring Jason Siegel. Was on AMC in uh, 2020, so you know maybe check it out. Sally Field. You're not really selling it to no. me. I'm, uh, I'm going to pass. Uh, just, it, just give me an outcast reunion and I'll, I'm good. It's 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'll just leave it there. So, you know. Okay. Um, Woody Harrelson, Let There Be Carnage, Brendan's favorite movie of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. I didn't even realize he was in that, but, you know, whatever. He was Carnage. I know. I know. <laughs> he was Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. Well, that shows you how much attention I was paying to it. Uh, also, a series called The White House Plumbers, which never heard of, but good on you, Woody. Um, Will Arnett, who has a you know he's got a pretty consistent role through this film as one of the commentators. Murderville, he just did on Netflix, which again, so good, yeah, very fun, so good. Watched most of that with Brendan, and we both had some good chuckles. So, if you're into improv comedy or just Will Arnett in general, definitely check that out. And then Andy Daly, who plays opposite Will Arnett as the other commentator, he is the voice of Two Face on the Harley Quinn series, oh, and has okay. done a few animated um, voice roles. He was on Big Mouth, Central Park, Creep Show. So I don't know where I recognise him from, but he's definitely got one of those faces. It's like, yeah, I've seen this guy and things. <laughs> <laughs> And it's always, it always play if it was on camera, like the straight-laced, sort of smart-looking guy. Yeah. The very down-the-line type. Yeah, like he is in this movie, I guess. Mm. Old Dick Pepperfield. Yeah. <laughs> Great name. Okay, what is the most 2000s moment? Can we skip this one? Because it's set in the, uh, the 80s. In the 70s. Or the 70s or so. I mean, all, yeah. all I was really going to say is just that, like, we rehash it from Talladega Nights. Just the sort of, it feels like there's a lot of Will Ferrell improv in this like mm-hmm. it just feels like he's just riffing off uh you know and just been told to go out there and go okay say some some dumb stuff and and you'll get some laughs out of it so but i do agree like there's not much really you can pull out of this yeah it's that and then it's like that andy richter's on screen like i just think <sighs> of him back being the you know the the conan the conan sort of sidekick sidekick from the 2000s but there's nothing directly in this movie as far as 2000s based references it's just yeah will ferrell was probably you know his peak was in the that sort of 2000s period you know the 04 05 to i don't know 2010 ish 2012 Mm. yeah i guess the cast aside from woody harrelson the cast is fairly of that era as far as guys that became big that decade Matt Walsh, Rob Corddry, Will Arnett, Will Ferrell, Andre Three Thousand. You even had Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, even had a Jason Sudeikis little cameo. Um, had Kristen Wiig as the the bear handler. Yeah, yep. Didn't even have like really like a, a, her character didn't even have a name, but um, and also yeah. um, Ed Helms as one of the uh, yes. the news reporters. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was a it was a bit of a um where's wally kind of thing with with some of these guys oh, hey and it's the it's the leo them, dicaprio like yeah point on me. the sofa sort of thing yeah. sure. okay most iconic scene so the ones that i remembered for this um movie before sitting down to rewatch were the bear scene 
obviously. Yeah. That's probably one of the more memorable ones. And then the one where they're passing the gun around the poker table, um, pulling the trigger. That was one that I remember like a friend of mine telling me about and saying, oh, I have to watch this scene from this movie. And it is funny. It's that tension of like, when's it going to happen? And like, yeah. you just know that it's going to happen. Um, it's It doesn't really pay off in the way that it builds up, unfortunately. But uh, I've got a couple others, but I'll let you guys throw some suggestions in there for most iconic scene before I finish. I had those two as well. Like the bear one was the biggest one that I could remember and the, the poker scene. And then just that... Um, like the Love Me Sexy song. Like Good the second God. I started hearing yes. a couple of those bars come out again, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. And then just like having a half chuckle at a few of the, the horrible lyrics of the track. But that, that's about it. It's not a very not a very memorable film as far as big iconic moments. There's just a couple of cool ones where like, oh yeah, that mm. was kind of interesting or a bit quirky or made me smile for a second. I have to admit, like a couple of days later, I was making a coffee in my break room at work and... Love Me Sexy did pop into my head for some reason. Oh, really? <laughs> so I, I thought you were going to say you were serenading no, no. The, the wifey. It was a catch. I'm just saying, it is a bit of a catchy tune. <laughs> you didn't tell her to, what, take off your shoes and suck me sexy or whatever no, no, it was. No, 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 I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he does have like a, a good voice. Like, Look, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> oh, apparently he um, improvised that melody at the table read. And they just used it, like they got. I'm not surprised. They got the writer, like the the songwriters, to come in and like write the song based around the melody that he just busted out at the table read. So I love that. Well done, Will Ferrell. Uh, oh, Maddie, man. what did you have? Uh, three letters, E L E. Yes. <laughs> everybody love everybody. The uh, the scene where he sort they sort of announced that. Uh, they've traded their washing machine away for Ed Monix and then, you know, they, they sort of argue about it and then Will Ferrell's like, we have a saying in this team. What is it? Everybody love everybody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and sort of him screaming that on the on the bus, the jet, as they, they go, we've got 12 more hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that, that sort of was like a, a big thing, especially for... You know, the sports teams that I played for and, okay. and was a bit of a running joke, but um, yeah, <laughs> ELE was was definitely the the highlight for me for sure. Sure. So the other scenes that I wanted to mention were the player intros that he does, where he announces each guy running out and then himself at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> partly because he did the same thing for the Chicago Bulls in like 2012, he came out and. He's he's got he's got previous for this. I think he's also yeah. done it for the Hornets once. Yeah, I'm just gonna quickly googling it. Yeah, it was the it was the Bulls Hornets game. So he did both both yeah. sides in the in the um intros, which was hilarious because he was just like kind of either making fun of the player or making fun of their names or or just like in Will Ferrell fashion, just saying very random stuff that had nothing to do with anything, but being yeah. very funny. So that's um that did give me a bit of a flashback when that happened. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was almost the climax of the movie, which is the supposed invention of the alley-oop. Which is great because it actually was something that was invented around that era and people didn't know what to make of it. So the, the real story behind it is David Thompson, who went on to have a really successful NBA career, and a teammate started to do them because the dunk was banned in the college 
game because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was just dunking on everyone and they're like, this isn't fair. Uh, we can't stop this guy. Let's ban the dunk. And then he came up with the hook shot and the rest is history. Um, so the alley-oop was invented as like, you know, that they'd, they'd pass the ball near the hoop and then David Thompson would like lay it in. So obviously it evolved from there. But um, to claim the invention of the alley-oop, it's very bold. And, From uh, a near-death experience. Yeah. With- yeah, old Mrs. Moon gave him the, yeah. gave him the advice in, in, a, in a death dream sequence. And he, his and he just has the name for it instantly, like <laughs> off the top of his head. Great. And, and it makes the, the most use of, uh, of Andre 3000 for the whole movie, pretty much. He's got some hops. Like, he's not a tall guy, but like... Is it him you know, doing he the getting dunks? Up there. Is, he, is he dunking himself, do you think? I think maybe a couple of them, but I reckon it would have been on either he's got mad, mad hops or they've just sort of, you know, lowered the height of the ring because he's not a tall guy. He mm. is 1 meter 78. So that, yeah. that's like 5'11", basically. Mm. I mean, it's possible that he can jam, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him. If Wesley Snipes can do it. Um... Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bringing back uh, Woody for the uh, the basketball, you know, movie just makes perfect sense. Yeah, except White Man Can't Jump is one of the great sports comedies of all time. And this is <laughs> it's old so great. Will Ferrell fodder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so from there, what would we say holds up the best? Um. Yeah, I had Everybody Love Everybody written down on my what holds up the best because I'm like, you know what? That's that's a good message. That's one of the good things of positivity from this movie you can take away. And you know what? Embrace <laughs> embrace that in your lifestyle. You know, be more loving and be more open. The fashion, I said 70s fashion. I thought like the outfits and the style was just looking, they were just looking balling and fly and, you know, the froze and everything. Sucks. And the other things that hold up the best for me, I said, um, yeah, Rob, Rob Codroy's hair and also <laughs> Woody Howson with hair. I'm like, you know, two guys that have been pretty much bald for their entire mm. careers, seeing them with nice long mops, I thought it looked really nice. You know, like, big fan. Woody would have been like, asked if he wanted to wear like the long hair and he's probably like yes i want to feel alive again <laughs> he makes it work like he obviously he can rock a bald head really well but also yeah. the the long 70s mop he was looking style in his old uh ed monics boston celtics bench warm superstar just a shame he can't rock uh red curly hair like uh, cletus cassidy oh my god that that wig it looked like a wig bought at like a two dollar shop um costume store <laughs> oh that movie sucks that movie sucks worse than this movie, though. If you want a want a comparison, what movie is that? Venom Two, oh, like okay. the Carnage. <laughs> I'm clearly out of the loop on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's clearly. wearing a hairpiece in there too, is he? <laughs> and it's it's like carrot top red. Like it is so Bright angry red. red. Mm. Good for you. Uh, yeah, but that's mine. I think there was a couple of moments here. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's a couple of the jokes I had a smirk to, but they're the big ones I wanted to mention. Yeah, I, I agree with Brendan that the sort of authenticity for the the seventies, you know, the the real sort of big puffy suits with the the open chest and the long hair and just the style and the sound of everything seventies, I I felt was was really sort of true to the time. I, I felt like they did quite a good job, and especially they, they made apparently this was filmed like just outside Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, but you couldn't tell like it, it it looks like it's been filmed in a in a small town like flint michigan like it's yeah. very run of the mill sort of like almost suburban but not suburban so i i felt like they did a really good job of capturing that sort of like middle class america in, in the in the mid 70s i felt like that was really good 
And then the other thing I had was just sort of the, I guess the authenticity, authenticity for the ABA and NBA. I felt like what they were doing with trying to keep it as accurate as possible to the, the merger that they had at the time, rather than going, okay, we're just going to make up a whole bunch of fake basketball teams and just have like that sort of thing. But they actually had the Spurs, yeah. the Pacers, the Nets and all that sort of stuff. And the NBA could have easily have just been like, no, we're going to see you in court. Like, what are you doing using our team? So mm-hmm. having that that sort of authenticity made this rewatch, especially now that I've got that sort of knowledge of all these teams, like so much more enjoyable and so much more fun. Obviously, I knew who the Celtics were and, and on that <laughs> and that was part of the fun of it. But yeah, it, it just made that, that rewatch a whole lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. I think that I've mentioned the historical side of it before. That's That's something that makes it, interesting especially if you do have a passion for nba like we do the thing that i wrote down was the supporting cast because it really is like if, if you just told me without like context that there was a movie where the the supporting cast was will arnett andy richter david keckner matt walsh rob cordry uh, tim meadows like ed helms and jason sudeikis i'll be like yeah like that sounds really it's like good all-star cast right now yeah, yeah. And, and they are like to their credit like all those characters are really funny they're not the problem in this film um problem we'll get to but uh, <laughs> i think i think that um yeah it, it was cast really well yeah i i think like to your point i think especially like i hate having to to go back constantly to talladega nights but like in that movie you, you've obviously got the the dumb idiot average man ricky bobby but yep. the supporting cast in that movie is just as dumb as he is yeah. and no one's no one's there to play the straight man to you know the the, the stupid sort of hero so to speak and it's, it's good in this film to have andre 3000 and and woody harrelson who of course have their sort of dumb moments but they at least provide a, a little bit of sanity in this particularly weird film. Mm. Like seeing Andre 3000 dancing around in a big like dragon costume as they're sort of like <laughs> performing their pregame routine was a bit weird. But like at that point, he, you know, you can see that they have these thoughts and these motivations, whereas it's, you know, in Talladega Nights, it was just... I'm going to win everything. The cartoon and characters. They're very, very silly. Yeah. Like, so that there was at least a bit of a thought behind the supporting cast there. So mm. that's, that's definitely, yeah, I agree. Sure. So what holds up the worst? I mean, for me, I just think the script isn't that great. Like it's, it's pretty low stakes. Like the B plot to the movie of um, Woody Harrelson's character trying to win back his ex is not interesting and I wasn't invested in it at all. And he didn't even have to try. And then, yeah. like, her new husband is just cheering him on as he rails his wife on his damn couch. Like, it's it's pretty distasteful. Like, yeah. it's, it's funny, but it's gross. Yeah, but it's all, yeah, you're right, though. Like, he he didn't have to try. He did basically, like, all the wrong things, and he still got her. Like, it, it, does, it just makes her seem like a weak character that she's going to cheat on her husband just because someone she used to know rocks up at her door and puts a move on her like and she like she tries to like tell him to go away originally so you think she's not gonna have it but then you know she just falls for his charms Mm. i suppose and she even she even laughed at the joke when he's like 
She's like, you cheated on me twice. He's like, no, it was only once, but it was with two girls, like two women yeah. at the same time. And he's like, oh, you Edmonics, how can I be mad at you? No, she let's was, have sex on that couch. No, to to her credit, she was like, that's not funny. Like, but then yeah. they started hooking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it just doesn't feel right, and it's it's not like like the whole like uh, disgraced athlete comes back to you know for a second chance. Like that's been done, and it's been done better than this yeah so and especially like having seen woody in white man can't jump and how amazing he was in that performance and in that movie you just would have hoped that uh he would have signed on for something that's got a bit more substance to it but it just just wasn't really there and um it also just like brendan was saying it just wasn't that funny like will ferrell can (laughs) is a once in a generation talent and he does some really funny stuff in this movie, but he, he can only work with what he's got and then some. Like he can't just he can't turn poop into gold, and that's kind of what he was being asked to do. You know, there's there's times where you know he's fighting a bear or he's doing the player announcements or he's. <laughs> it is quite funny when he's in the post and he's calling for the ball and he keeps sending it back. Like, it back. Okay, I want it. Yeah, that, that did make it. me laugh. But, uh, this, it's like, but then they did it like several yeah. times throughout the movie and I'm like, oh my God, so, again yeah, with this. There's only so much you can do. So so that's what I had as like, uh, as what holds up the worst. It's just, it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I thought that fake $10,000 check just embodies this movie. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's all, all sizzle, no actual substance. All <laughs> and, sizzle, um, no actually, I, I will say yeah. that it was, it was quite funny with him like trying to sabotage his own team so he didn't have to pay for tacos or free corn dogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, free corn dogs. We don't even have any corn dogs. Like in a typical, yeah, will outburst. And he, he just, like no, slams no the mic and just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, the, 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 the script itself was just a little weak and the jokes just didn't really land. Like, as I said, it was sort of like a uh, jo- like laughter from me a few times. Like, I didn't hate my 90 minutes or whatever mm. this movie ran for, but I was not sad that it ended quicker than I expected it to at the same time. Um, some of the things that, that holds up the worst is maybe casting the, the actual bear, like Dewey <laughs> the Wrestling Bear. I don't know if you saw yeah. the, the stories off the back of that. That real life bear actually killed somebody a few months later really uh, bit them on the neck and killed them oh my god yeah and and i had a sort of chuckle i went down like a bear rabbit hole because then i'm like hang on there's been other bear fights with will like obviously with anchorman and stuff like that so i went down a rabbit hole to see if there's any like common themes with will and bears (laughs) and violence in his films and sadly it was only those two i was a bit bummed i had like the red string out and everything getting into it but um you were going full pepe sylvia with the yeah (laughs) it was it was a thing um the the liberties taken with the referencing of the heights of the players i took anguish upon they (laughs) said that um they said that uh, Vakitas, I think is his name, the centre, they're like seven foot two from yeah. Lithuania. And then he's standing beside Will Farrell and he's like an inch tall. I'm like, he's not seven foot two, you're lying to me. <laughs> and um, then on a more serious note, like the just the general treatment of women and people with disabilities in this mm. movie is probably um, yeah, something that I think they slap you with both really early in the piece as far as some of the comments they're making. Um and just the the general disregard like there's no strong female character in this movie at all like they're just sex plot devices through the whole thing and that's it so yeah 
that's my worst yeah so I, we- I i agree like is it is it in will ferrell's contract to have you know a use of the r word within the first like five minutes like what's the deal i don't understand it happened with yeah. again with talladega nights and it's happened here even worse like they were just like oh he's got full-on and i was like come on that that's so like i understand that it's supposed to be a period piece yeah but there's no excuse for that sort of stuff happening nowadays and it's I almost like gr- they're hiding behind the period piece yeah like yeah it, it's done cl- cleverly in anchorman where it's like look how sexist they were in the 70s but it's funny because they're clearly like idiots and it's almost like making fun of them for being so ignorant whereas in in this they're, they're just like not there at all like you can only get so far on oh that's what things were like back then like they objectified the women the cheerleaders whatever they're talking about um, about the women, like their objects and that kind of thing. So it's it is yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there, Tilby. It's it's certainly going for that, like oh, it's the '70s, but then yeah, also you, it's not clever in the way it's done. Like no. you, you can't you can't go like oh, those were the days anymore. Like that's just not something that people can accept and and should accept. Um, it's definitely not something that should fly in any sort of movie. You know, you can't make it as part of a comedy anymore. So, um, and I also, just as a lesser point, like the finer points of basketball are sort of just like thrown out the window. Like the no pick the, and rolls. With the, yeah, pick and rolls, but like the hard foul that Will Ferrell gets um, to essentially, you know, see his mum up in heaven. Like the Spurs player who committed that foul would probably be suspended like half a season for that sort of stuff. Like it was a a pretty strong elbow and he's just like on the court and the play just continues. Like at least give him like a, a tech at least or a flavor I mean, or something. It was the... I think it was like that all the way through to like the 90s. It was though, the like 70s, it... yeah. <laughs> really? Um... Like that, because that was like, that was strong is is putting it lightly, but yeah. I mean, look up Kermit Washington punching Rudy Tomjanovich. Like, <laughs> there's the a idea. lot of stuff that happened. Like, the, the part where they go to commercial break and yeah. they just start beating yes. the crap out that of each so other. so good. Like, that's probably not that far off for, for the era, to be honest. And just David Koechner just watching as, like, they're talking about just a, like, cola and everything. And it's just like, and they're all just going at it. And it's like, oh, three, two, one. And they're all just, like, standing, walking around like nothing happened. Yeah. Okay, that was pretty funny. That was funny. <laughs> I'll give them that. Okay, so who would be most offended? I had David Thompson, the uh, the true originator of the LU. <laughs> having uh, imagine if you like pioneered something like that, like you know, like the first person to, you know, I don't know, dribble between your legs or something, and then someone else comes along and claims it in a movie. You're like, hey, that was me. How dare you? It was my claim to fame. Yeah. That's that's valid. I think like what I mentioned just before, like women and people with disabilities get a pretty pretty rough representation, if you even call it that in this movie. Mm. And then also, um, I also said myself, I'm pretty offended because it's not on any streamers and I had to pay four ninety nine to rent it on Apple TV. So uh Oof. yeah, five bucks down the chute yeah. to watch uh this mess of a film yeah i paid uh pretty much the same to watch it on amazon prime so not great um but i agree like women people with disabilities um i wonder what like owners of the nba at the time or the a or like if, if people who owned 
ABA franchises watch this film, I wonder what they would have thought have been like, okay, well, you've just turned our like once proud franchise into like a laughing stock. You've just made fun of, you know, what we've put our heart and soul into for years and years. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just minor at this point. I think definitely women and people with disabilities are definitely going to be the most offended for sure. Yeah, there was also um, some like real casual homophobia running through in the kind of just like there wasn't anything flat out where they would say like slurs or anything. But like, were, you gra- you grabbed my balls, didn't you? It's like you've got the softest hands in the world. <laughs> yeah, there was just a few like little like um, off like yeah, kind of off uh, off kilter. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It, it, it was just there. You could just. You could tell, tell. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Offhand remarks, I guess, is is what I'm thinking of. Uh, Brendan, play the jingle. That one was for you, Toby. I almost almost miss it. It's like, (laughs) it's been a while. Do it again. So nice, you got to hear it twice. And now I immediately regret saying that. All right. So we'll run through these next few. I just wanted an excuse to play that. That throwback to, to Hoop Dreams for, for listeners that aren't familiar. Uh, does Teller, not Teller, does, does Semi Pro pass the internet relevancy test by memes and chips? No, it does not. No, no, it, it but, doesn't. But I it will doesn't. say, I feel like, much in the same way that we discussed Space Jam, uh, I feel like the Flint Tropics jersey sort of became pretty popular in the next couple of years for like costume parties or mad mondays i felt like it was a pretty easy costume to copy so it, oh, it was like mm. the toon squad jersey for a while that everyone just uh yeah to for an easy costume yeah Go. like it, it definitely like internet no but i feel like in popular culture kind of so they are a slick jersey i'll give them that they're like, not it's bad a cool cut. i love the colors <laughs> yeah. like they're, they're pretty easy to uh to pick up on like nba 2k it's like a creative team which i think is kind of cool so that's nice. So the Flint Tropics didn't actually exist. They were a fictitious team. <gasps> what? Yeah. Just, just thought I should throw that in there. Because mm. there's ain't nothing tropical about Michigan. I don't know if you guys have been to Michigan, but yeah, there ain't palm trees and island getaways happening there. Yeah, it's almost like it, it reeks of that. Like uh, our team moved from you know San Diego to Flint, like like Utah and and the Jazz. Like the Utah Jazz, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. If you type in semi-pro, you do get everybody love everybody in in the GIF generator. So that's something that maybe we could start up again because as uh, Brent in the what generator? GIF. Oh my god! Don't you start with me, Mealy man over there? How would modern smartphones and social media like these aren't? It as we said, it's set in the seventies, so. We can probably just skip that question. I, I, I was actually going to say like there would probably have been some sort of Stephen A. Smith cameo or the Monix trade would have been announced by a Woj bomb, mm-hmm. which I thought would have been kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah, obviously you can't really do that in the 70s. No, I mean... Mannix traded for a seven kilo Westinghouse <laughs> front loader. You could have had... Um, well, I guess this is the next question. Could you make it today? And what would that version look like? You could have had Woj playing a character in the 70s that would have been a nice little uh easter egg for for the diehards yeah, i feel like you have that that sort of stuff like if you took Woj and like the inside the nba team into like the 70s i felt like yeah. they would have been easy cameos for something like this um obviously i'm not sure if they were doing that show 
in 2008 but like those sorts of they definitely were yeah sorry like those sorts of 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 popular (laughs) nba shows and and sort of run them in like you know the the late 2000s or you know run them back in the 70s i felt like would have been a fun cameo but yeah it's difficult i guess yeah i mean what what do you think like could you make it now brendan i think that i think you could i think it would just have to be a lot funnier (laughs) yeah that's like the bar is pretty low so i honestly feel it couldn't be much worse than semi-pro if they did it now and i don't know who they cast in it and where they where they plant this fictitious team but it could work and i'd watch it and probably chuckle a few times but uh only if it's on a streamer i'd have to pay for it please (laughs) yeah i think like andy sandberg as the will ferrell character like that kind of thing could work uh he's obviously pretty old but so so is will ferrell in 2008 you know give me old man vince vaughan he's he's big and tall he can play the power forward like to be fair he's like like... 50 for sure (laughs) he just looks tired all the time to will ferrell's credit they didn't make him look half bad in this film playing basketball he was he had some chops i'm sure he could box out pretty well He's, yeah, yeah, he's a and, big dude. And he looked the part too, and he's a hairy man. Yeah. You forget how hairy Will Ferrell is until you watch a movie like this, and it is everywhere. And I'm like, I respect you. I can relate. I never forget how hairy he is because he shows you in every movie. <laughs> Almost literally. Like, Tell me a, a, a time that you haven't been able to see his, his chest hair or his mm. naked body. <laughs> Good question. Yeah. Um, Can't think of any. <laughs> I don't think I saw it in Zoolander. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that was a that was a very costumey, makeupy kind of uh, yeah transformation. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, the ironic thing is that this probably would be a Netflix movie if it came out now, and it would probably be still funnier than this version, I think, because um, you could probably go a bit further with some of the some of the the humor, but. Um, yeah, let's move on to the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. This is this was a tough one for me. Because um, <clears throat> if you like, it's goodies, like, you know, yeah. obviously you don't want them featuring too much. You just want a couple little memorable scenes. Yeah. But I ended up settling with Matt Walsh. The Agreed. Father Pat, Father the ref. Pat, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love that he's a priest. I love that he's the ref for all the ABA games yeah. for some reason. Why, why is he refereeing every single game? That, yeah. part he's just traveling around the country, refereeing every single <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm very impressed by his work ethic, but just some of the exchanges he has with old Jackie Moon on court are fantastic. And mm. yeah, he was he was like a little silent achiever in this movie for me. So I'm going, I'm going with uh, with Matt Walsh's father, Pat the ref. When did he get time to be? a father a priest as well as all these basketball games he's coaching was he like a retired priest is that even a thing i don't know maybe he just does the sunday the sundays like mm. the morning sessions and then heads to the court or maybe he just yeah. asks for sundays off in the repping assignments and just <laughs> you know that's that's my time yeah. i've got every other day to to ref uh, aba games perhaps yeah i mean Jason Sudeikis with his just very very short role is is quite just funny. Just the nachos, eating the nachos <laughs> that he brought from home. Um, I wanted another scene like he was he was on my short list, but I'm like I wanted yeah. one more scene to tip him over the edge. Reoccurring that character could have been reoccurring and it would have worked. I think if he had a different kind of food each time. Uh, shout out to Jackie Earl Haley, not a big name like the others, but he plays the stoner who hits the full court shot, and he was quite funny. Yes, the, the, the actor who played Rorschach in Watchmen. Oh, yep. is and it? And 
Freddy Krueger in the remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Too. There you go. I, I didn't know. notice that until like, because obviously Amazon Prime has that sort of X-ray uh, thing yeah. that sort of gives you uh, sort of like... It's so good. Info. X-ray, more, more of those streamers need to put okay. a feature like that in their, in their mm. system. And I only like realized it right at the end where he gets, he's like, oh, this is $10,000. Oh, wait, it's only 2300 I'm going to pay you after we get the merger, <laughs> merger payout. And he's like, bitchin'. <laughs> uh, I was like, that's such a, an, just a weird role for him. Yeah, I did not recognize him, but um, I don't think he would have been a big name at the time. Because, I mean, he's still not a recognizable name to me. Yeah, he's just a big part guy. Yeah. But he was funny. You know, I, I thought that could have easily been like a Ben Stiller role um, with the makeup and the wig and everything. But um, I'm glad they gave it to someone else. I was going to say as well, uh, a bit of a shout out for Tim Meadows only yes. appearing in that one scene. No, um, I had him high on my list. Um, Tim Meadows, I don't know if like <laughs> this was filmed around the same time as um, as Mean Girls. It couldn't have been. They're like four years apart. But he always seems to have like something going on with his hand. <laughs> like... Maybe he had multiple surgeries because, like, real life, he had a surgery on his hand, and that's why in Mean Girls it was like in a cast. And then in this movie, he has it in a full cast as well, which I guess it's probably more for the comedy than anything else. But he he's great. Like Tim Meadows is just a a fantastic comedic performer, and he is the one that's kind of in the one scene where he features pretty heavily. So I had him pretty high up my list uh shout out to rob cordry who's just always funny um kristen wig deserves a mention uh what do you want to be the tiebreaker on this uh tilby because i've i've got tim meadows and brendan's got matt walsh well i on my list i well actually i'll i'll separate it because i feel like we should give uh, a mention to one or two of the players on the team um, I cannot remember his name, but the the young man who played Twiggy Munson, I felt was Oh, Josh Josh Broughton. Yes, he was he was quite good um, as sort of like he wasn't entirely an idiot, but he was sort of a little bit sort of clueless to everything that was happening. Um, and especially when they put the the mascara on, he was he was having a real good time with that before it ran and yeah. um and the sweat got in his eyes but look i uh i have to agree with brendan matt walsh was was the key for for this film i think the the sort of like long-running rivalry that seemed to stem well before this uh this film started between jackie and, and father pat was 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 a lot of fun and the scene where you know he, he told me to s my c and, and all that sort of stuff and he forces them off the court and then he becomes the the one to blame because everyone went off the court including the commentators which i thought was great but um yeah matt walsh for me all right i'm not objected i'm not object yeah i don't object to that because uh matt walsh got a shout out on the hangover podcast we did a few weeks ago so i feel like he had it coming well done, Matt Walsh. You are now a recipient of the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Last question. Is Semi-Pro still a good movie? And I have to rephrase that because I don't think it was probably a good movie in 2008 either. But um, I'm going to say no. Uh, it feels harsh, but it's just, you know, as far as the rewatches go, there's a lot of movies we've done uh, on this podcast, 74 prior to this and probably half of those have been 2000s and 
this is not one that people should go back and necessarily watch if you don't have like extreme nostalgia for it for some reason. Um, Matt, I think you probably have the most nostalgia for it. Would you say that it's still a good movie or worth going back to? Yes, but just. Okay. I think, like you sort of said, if you've got nostalgia for like a Will Ferrell film, or for me especially, like if you've got nostalgia or a love for basketball and the NBA slash ABA in general, like, yeah, maybe. But if you... Uh, sort of like just looking for a casual film to put on um, or even something in, in Will Ferrell's library. There are so many other different films that you could choose. Like that's not to say that I completely hated the film. Like I definitely didn't, you know, dislike and, and was cringing and gurning through 90 minutes of Will Ferrell, but it, it's not his best. Like, and that's, and that's a real shame. Cause like we sort of discussed before, um, we started like this was just like stepbrothers as well was was pretty much in the same year as this so it's like he's got it in him but it just was not for whatever reason was not working in this film yeah he um he should have called that safe word when they first got to set that very first day he should have just yelled spumoni no this this ain't happening let's rewrite let's actually maybe write this thing and, and make it something good so uh yeah, like like I don't remember having a strong dislike for this movie when it came out, but at the same time I have like no memories or no emotions either way, but then watching it today I was like, yeah, that was not very good. It's uh it's not a great movie. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's one of the weaker Will Ferrell movies by a long margin, I think, and um yeah, it could have could have been so much more. Yeah, he actually swore off sports comedies after this yeah movie. this was his last one yeah which i i guess it was like you know talladega nights blades of glory it was the third go at it and kicking and screaming to a lesser extent yeah, yeah. and they probably got progressively worse over over the years so it's like ah i probably pushed that as far as i can so i don't think he's done one since no i'm just looking no, nothing sports mm. related yep well good on him for staying true to his word except for winning time these sour about which you know he wanted to do that it's not a movie i guess but uh maybe uh adam mckay was just holding him to that that oath that he took anyway uh that is the podcast it's a shorter episode but you know it's less to say i suppose so thank you for listening you can subscribe if you haven't already share the podcast with your friends you can grab your 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net including the Comedy Rewind inspired t-shirt. We might still have the Hoop Dreams one up there, so grab that just simply because it's a really cool design. Rest Very in peace. Nice. Yeah, rip. Always always remembered. <laughs> um, you can support us even more with a little bit of uh, love on our Kofi page. That's ko-fi.com slash weare8bits. Leave your reviews in Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, even if it's just five stars, it all goes a way to help us do what we do to put some uh, respect on our names uh, Matt where can we find you on the socials you can find me on all the socials at it's Tilby Brendan you can find me on all them socials at Brendan 8bit and just remember if you see a possum try to kill it it's not a pet. <laughs> yeah you can find me at Johnny himself and for uh, old time's sake who have we each got in the uh, NBA finals ah uh, this this hurts. I'm I'm not back in the Celtics. I'm Warriors in six. 
I'm going Celtics in seven. Ooh. I'm going to go Warriors in five, just to be different from Brendan, but I would have said six. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We, we won't, probably won't do a follow up to confirm, but. Uh, We're bringing it back. Who dreams right. is coming back? No. <laughs> Dear listeners, thank you again for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Everybody love everybody. Ha, ha, ha.